2: Yes. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. One of the best sports and recreation podcasts in the world. Self-proclaimed, some might say. Facts, others will say. My guy, Taryn, What's good, baby? Packer Nation coming off a bye. My boy Devontae rested up that hammy. I'm, I'm thinking eight for 170 and three touchdowns to make up for a couple weeks.
1: Oh, I would love to see that. Um it's going good, man. I'm excited. I'm
2: excited to watch uh, the green and gold play this week, and uh, I'm just excited for more football. Are the Packers your favorite team, like across, across all sports? Are they? Oh, one? by a mile. Yeah, it's like
1: I'm that kind of fan. Like when they lose a regular season game, it puts me off for the whole day, if not the next. I'm just like in a bad mood.
2: Yo, I 100,000% I relate because when, you know, I mean, listen, it's been rough <laughs> for the boy the last couple <laughs> of years, but under different circumstances, when the Giants are good and I expect greatness from them and I expect them to do well, it alters my whole week. I've canceled, I've canceled, uh, gatherings with friends to watch Sunday night football when the Giants have lost the 1 p.m. game. I've canceled dates. I've, uh, I've you know not done my homework like it. It, it oh, yeah. hits me rough, man, throughout the years. So I totally feel you on that. I was always curious because you know like uh, certain certain people like like my buddy Impia. I think I would say he's he's a bigger Knicks fan than anything. Okay. You know? uh, some of my other friends like Josh loves Washington and, and the Pistons. You know, like Mad Random. So mm-hmm. it's like everybody has their own different thing. But all right. With that being said. There is uh, a little bit of news that I definitely want to touch on before we get into one of our main talking points for this episode. Uh, Before we really dive into it, I want to mention that the October giveaway for Patreon, you got to be in the $10 tier or higher. There's this hat right here. If you're watching this on YouTube, cheap plug, youtube.com slash veterans minimum. Taryn, I know, man, it's impressive. I'm a professional. I get it. So we have this hat. You have uh, a crew neck of this kind, custom crew neck. Um, hopefully there's no one with a 6XL request because I don't have those, but I have up to 2XL, so we could cover a lot of bases, is what I'm saying. Uh we also have a tank top as well. So you get that three combination bundle. It comes out to like $105 in total. So The October winner will be announced the first week of November. You guys have a couple of weeks to get in there just for the month of October, $10 tier. We do a video, pick it out of a hat, we talk some shit, we like it, we learn it, and we love it. Okay, Taryn, with that being said, uh, start us off with the artist known as Slant Boy. And why me and you immediately started texting each other upon that tweet that surfaced about Michael Thomas.
1: Oh, man. That was – that probably made my whole day. That was the best thing to happen since the Packers, you know, are on a bye this week. That That's what made me happy since I didn't get to see them win. Um, it's just, you know, Michael Thomas getting in that fight with Chauncey Gardner johnson and
2: – who else was it in practice? You remember? It was it was Jenkins Jenkins Malcolm J- Jenkins yeah, J- Malcolm him Jenkins.
1: Slant boy. and then yeah he called him Slamp boy, which is just so funny because me and you have been have talked multiple times before about how we think perhaps you know, a bit on the overrated side is Michael Thomas a lot of uh, slants and just everything, you know in front of the sticks because you've got Drew Brees and Champagne and that's where he finds all the success. So to see someone on his own team whip up the slant boy insult, I thought that was pretty funny.
2: I have in my, in my drafted tweets, that's what I'm trying to pull up right now. Oh, my God, I found it. Oh, this is a jam, bro. I should have dropped this months ago, dude. <laughs> There's a compilation video on the internet. No, Taren, you psycho. Not that kind of <laughs> compilation on the hub. We're talking about on YouTube, right? Okay. It's all 149 passes that Michael Thomas <laughs> caught last year, dude. I'm not exaggerating. I've watched that video twice. It's about like 23 minutes, I think it was 22 minutes. And, and you know, I, I I do the 1.5 speed just to, you know, not watch the same thing twice like an asshole. With that being said, yo, no exaggeration, and you know this, but for those of you listening, and I'm gonna link this this video in the Tweet after the episode or whatnot. Dude, 149 passes he caught. I think 22 or 23 traveled more than 15 yards through the air. And there was the beef between him and, like, Mike Evans and Keenan Allen in the summer, if you remember. Like, yo, like, shit, I would catch all these passes too if I'm getting seven-yard Slants and shit, (laughs) and then to see it surface from a teammate. Now, I got there's a lot to break in. I feel like we could dedicate a whole episode to this. My first talking point is sometimes the truth hurts, bro, because that's kind of the wide receiver that Michael Thomas is. And I know, like, he does go downfield every now and then, but dude, you're talking about like 22, 23, let's just say 25 passes he's caught under. 15 yards you're talking about 150 total passes he caught let's just round up dude what is that like over 75 percent of his production is oh yeah. right underneath easy it's yeah. just it's it's unbelievable it's all like checkdowns, and that's why I like from a fantasy perspective i always say this there's certain players that are better fantasy players than they are reality players And for me, Michael Thomas is my number one draft pick in that sense that I think he's a way better fantasy player than he is a real NFL player. And I know I'm kind of going long a little bit here. I'm not saying that he's like, I'm not saying I take Darius Slayton over him. Right. But I'm saying like to, to, to many, his fantasy value outweighs his real life football value in my opinion.
1: Oh yeah. I I agree completely. And it's, Kind of what we have talked about in the past, how fantasy like it nowadays with how prevalent fantasy football is and how popular it is, it really changes the way that the public kind of perceives a lot certain players, and he's a big one. I think if you don't really sit down and watch the games and watch what he does and understand it, you just see the fantasy production, the just the box score numbers, oh, twelve catches for the it's like. You know, when you watch it, it just doesn't look rem- even remotely as impressive as just what it would be on paper.
2: Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. You know, to have only twenty let's just say twenty five passes travel further than fifteen yards downfield, everything is underneath. And like like I mentioned before, right, Keenan Allen took some shots in the off season. Uh, Mike Evans took some shots in the off season, and. You know, I've, I'm, I've always been a Keenan Allen guy. I think he gets a bad rep for being injury-prone because, dude, he's really missed two seasons with unfortunate freak injuries, right? There was that one year he had, what was it, a lacerated spleen or some shit? Yep. And then the other year he tore his ACL. Besides that, dude, he's been fairly durable. You know, he doesn't miss many games. I think Keenan Allen is probably... One of my favorite wide receivers to watch. I mean, his route running is impeccable. We know about that. Oh, yeah. But even just from where he stands amongst the NFL public and and where he's perceived. Sorry, where he's perceived by the NFL public and how good he really is. I, I don't think there's a balance. there. I think it's a little lopsided and I don't think it's fair.
1: Yeah, um, I agree. And it's funny that you say that about Keenan Allen because the other player that I believe you mentioned that kind of took some shots at Michael Thomas, they had some beef, was Mike Evans. And that's he's like that player for me. I've always like had a soft spot, thought he was underrated. I love watching him play. There's some nuance to his game. You know, He wins deep down the field, unlike Michael Thomas, but it's not quite as like I'm just faster than you. A lot of it is like body control, tracking the ball, you know, catching it at the right spot, that kind of thing. It's just it's fun to watch. So both players that me and you, you know, are fans of it's had had beef with our boy Michael Thomas. Um and it's just kind of funny to see the different ways that all of those guys win.
2: There's there's also the idea that he's he's playing in a system which elevates his numbers. Because of the targets, the A dot, right? Average depth of target not being so far downfield. You like that shit? A little PFF for you. You know what I'm saying? Sprinkle that the in. Analytics, in. I like it. Analytics, baby. Emphasis on the first four letters. All right. With that said, though, <laughs> he, uh, he's a guy who he produces at a high level. But, like, what goes to say if Mike Evans was catching all those kind of passes or, or you put a guy like that in there. That's why I always – listen, you know my love affair with Julio Jones. Right, I think the best wide receiver in the league for a while now is DeAndre Hopkins. And the reason why is he was sort of, to use the fantasy analogy, matchup proof, right? Like when you would play daily fantasy or when, when you would play in yearly fantasy, and you had D-hop on your team. Bro, it didn't matter if it was Brock Osweiler. It didn't matter if it was Brian Hoyer. It didn't matter if it was the macho man, Tommy Savage. Like... He's going to produce. So to me, that's what resonates with me. I'll never forget watching NFL Network one time, and this was like maybe 2013, 2014, and this is when Deion Sanders was on there, and they asked him who's the best wide receiver in football, and he said, it might have even been earlier than that, like at the start of the, the 2010s. He's like, yo, it's Calvin Johnson, and it's not even close because the hot dog guy is throwing passes to him it was like a year where like Stafford got hurt or maybe Stafford wasn't there yet. And he's putting up like 1300 yards. And it's just like, yo, know, so much of it is, and this is what I want the common theme of this episode to be, because we're going to go through some young quarterbacks in a little bit, man. So much of it is where you land in an organization. And it's hard for you to not produce as a wide receiver when you have breeze or, or Pat Mahomes thrown to you, Russell Wilson. You know, Tyler Lockett was a guy coming out of college out of Kansas State who he was uh, – if you guys hear my dog, sorry. Um, they're just losing their mind now. But out of Kansas State, he was a guy who was a bona fide punt returner, kick returner. And then you have a guy like um, Russell Wilson turn him into, like, one of the top artists he was in the league you know, especially out of his position. And then DK Metcalf was a project guy. And now he's like, I mean, dude, how many wide receivers are taking over DK Metcalf right now? Like at the level he's playing. It's, 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 it's a yeah. debate now. You know, I'm taking an L on that one. Were you, were
1: you, were you not a DK Metcalf guy coming out? No, Man, you weren't I, a DK I remember now. I'm I wasn't,
2: of, I was yeah. a, of the believer. And I was saying that throughout the whole last year, um, It seems like I've had two bad takes on wide receivers from the same school as of late, right? I thought it was Landry greater than sign Odell coming out, right? Like, I couldn't believe that Landry dropped in the draft. Like, I was just like, yo, I I watched LSU, and that dude, he's a baller, man. You know, like, he's just a baller. And then with A.J. Brown, I was more of a, I prefer A.J. Brown to D.K. Metcalf. So, like, yeah, I'll take an L on that one. And, look, he fell That's in not the even draft. That wild either. Yeah, he fell in the draft, and a lot of people were like, oh, man, he's a bust. You know, not a bust. He's a steal, steal, right? And they're being validated now. But at the time, again, it goes back to my issue and gripe that I have with draft analysis. It all depends on what your mock draft is and what your favorite person's mock draft is. So, like, Taryn, if you have a guy, if you have Justin Fields as your number one quarterback prospect and he goes ninth, You'd be like, oh man, he dropped in the draft. But like maybe, maybe I had him 28th. And I'm like, well, shit, they got him high. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> with the with with the wide receivers, like it's easy to be productive when you got breeze over there, as opposed to like Winston's wild. Yo, he threw 30 interceptions. Like that's crazy. You know, yep. Tyrod Taylor and, and Phillip Rivers, who shit, you're looking at Phillip Rivers the guy is, he sort of toast now. So that's just how I feel about the whole wide receiver dynamic, man. I think a lot of guys could produce in different situations.
1: Yeah. um, You're definitely right. And there's even levels to that. Like it's, it's easier obviously for any wide receiver to produce when you have a great quarterback, but you know, then there's coaching You don't always have a great quarterback and a great coach like Michael Thomas does in Sean Payton. And then even on top of that, it's what they ask you to do. Even if you have both of those things, then like, okay, yeah, but go beat this guy 30 yards down the field. And then, you know, complete the pass. It's different than like, Hey, run a five yard slant or like a seven yard in cut and Drew Brees is going to, you know, dart it to you. It's just, there's levels to the stuff, and he's got one of the easiest situations to produce. Not to say that he doesn't do it well; like they do what they, he does what they ask of him. But it's like, what are they really asking of you,
2: bro? Popping up on my timeline right now. I hate to get sidetracked. Oh boy. Were you a Dexter guy? The TV show? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Okay. They just tweeted surprise motherfucker, he's back. They're doing uh I don't know if it's a relaunch or whatnot, but oh boy. They're coming back out with something. Dude It's it's up there with like one of the worst ways to end the series end. ever. Yeah. It's it's horrible. But I will say, anyone listening to this, season four of Dexter. It's uh it's this dude called the Trinity Killer. Yo, Taryn, it's it's probably my favorite season of a show ever. It's like that. It's, yeah. You, you ever watch Sons of Anarchy?
1: My favorite show of all time, Yep. Oh man, that's just a banger. <laughs> yep. That is,
2: so I always get heat for saying like, Entourage is my favorite show of all time. But okay. I would never recommend someone watching Entourage. Like, I need to know you. Like, I would tell you to watch Entourage. I would mm-hmm. tell like my friends to watch Entourage. I wouldn't tell certain people to watch Entourage because it's like a guy, bro, frat star kind of uh, show where like, yo, you and your boys move to L.A. and one of them becomes one of the biggest actors in the world. And like you all work for him and chill with him. Like that's like every group of friends dream. Right. Mm -hmm. So Sons of Anarchy. I would tell people to watch. That would probably be my number one, one A, because one B, if not one A, is Money Heist yeah put you on right yeah you did you did i
1: would never have watched it and it's it's up in my mount rushmore as well with sons of anarchy and and like game of thrones and that's high praise for me because i was obsessed with those shows and will always recommend them to people
2: (laughs) i'm curious to see what they do with this dexter shit this is gonna be (laughs) interesting all right back to uh slant boy is there a possibility that I don't know how to say this because I don't want this to be like super hot takey, but let's be honest, bro. Him punching a teammate and getting into a fight with a teammate, the reason why he's not cut is the most obvious reason why anytime an athlete gets caught with something or does something or reacts in a certain way and he doesn't get cut, it's because it's the talent level, right? You Mm -hmm. put up with people's bullshit because they're talented. And if this was an undrafted rookie who barely made the team and he was a bona fide kick returner, mm-hmm. he'd be cut by now. He'd be cut at by halftime with that Monday Night Football game. There is a loophole in this Michael Thomas dynamic where he has a base salary of $1 million this year. So it comes out to about $60,000 uh, a game roughly is like his, his game checks. But the suspension jeopardizes a lot of guaranteed money, which we know, everyone knows, that covers footballers. a fan of football. When a guy signs for $100 million, it's not really $100 million. It's what's the guaranteed money. And you're looking at $12.6 million in 2021 and $15.35 million in 2022. They got some leverage on this man to cut him, release him, which is the same thing. I'm an idiot. Trade him, I wanted to say. So do you agree with that take that you put up with people's BS because they're talented? And do you think oh. if this was anyone else that he'd be off the team?
1: Oh, 100%. If this was like – I mean, it doesn't even have to be some undrafted rookie. If this was just somebody not considered a star, I would imagine if like a Laquan Treadwell or a Nelson Aguilar or somebody pulled something like that, they're off the, they're off the roster.
2: yeah, like, if it's him, Kamara acting up, they're going to be like, alright, man, listen, maybe, maybe maybe that guy was out of line, you know? Like, I saw <laughs> yeah. a funny tweet, and it was like, the next time Michael Thomas punches a teammate, it was their fault. Because, <laughs> like, Herbert was, like, cooking those dudes, man, on Monday Night Football. That was a hell of a performance by him. Oh, so, yeah. I'm I'm interested to see how this is going to play out with, with Thomas and the Saints. Another thing that happened... um uh late yesterday yesterday afternoon tuesday evening at the time we're recording it's wednesday afternoon uh bell got released um i don't know how much you knew or if you saw this coming but like being in new york the talking heads and talk radio in new york it was it was only a matter of time honestly bro since like he signed here right (laughs) because he signed here and then there was a weird shakeup with the GM where like the GM got to do the draft and then they fired him and they brought in Joe Douglas. And then Adam Gase kind of just does what Adam Gase does, where he throws every good talented player under the bus immediately. Every guy that leaves him, yo, you see what Robbie Anderson is doing right now in Carolina. He's, is it fair to say he's the number one in Carolina? He looks like a
1: legit number one wide receiver and he, He's taken over DJ Moore's spot, it looks like, on that team as as the number one target. He's playing really well.
2: And if you go back to his time, Gase's time, that is with Miami, gets rid of uh, Jay Ajay, gets rid of Jarvis Landry, gets rid of a couple of defensive pieces, gets rid of Sue, gets rid of just like, you know, Ryan Tannehill got let go. You know, like, it's just something about him. He just doesn't. Resonate with his with his players. I will say he he might be the best <laughs> coach at getting a lot out of a slot wide receiver. What Jamison Crowder is doing this year, yeah. like Crowder is. Yo, know, listen, Crowder is a guy I'm trying to trade for in my in my league. Like he's putting yeah. up monster numbers. But Leviat Bell gets released. What was like? Did you see this coming? I didn't really
1: see it coming like this, like a a DUI and and speeding. I mean that's just something that I would have never, you know. Well,
2: hold on. Are you? Confu- it's I like, think you're confusing Melvin Gordon.
1: I thought Le'Veon Bell had the had the DUI. No. Uh,
2: unless that's new. I I know today a report came out that Melvin Gordon maybe got, m-
1: maybe I am confusing. The yeah, term. yeah. Melvin Gordon got called uh, uh, with a DUI. Okay, so it wasn't. So they just released because I knew they were trying to trade him. Mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell. Before. Yeah so, I, yeah, yeah. so that does make sense. Well, in that context, if it's not, you know, some freak thing, yeah, it, partly because he's on the Jets. I don't know as much, you know, about the whole New York scene as you do when it comes to how harsh they are on, on people and with the media and all that. But just being on the Jets and being the position he is, I didn't, you know, think it was going to be anything great or anything long term.
2: You know, and to. To defend Le'Veon Bell, because I'm going to defend Le'Veon Bell and then I'm going to throw him under the bus too. Completely different situation leaving Pittsburgh. Um, First of all, you take a year off. You take a year off anything, you come back, you're going to be sluggish. I don't yeah. care what you say. I don't care how good you are. It's very rare that a guy could just get thrown back in there and just produce at a high level, especially in a position where your elusiveness, your versatility, your speed is so heavily dependent on, right? Like, a quarterback can get hurt, come back in a year and he could look the same because he's still going to know how to throw unless it's like a sh- rotator cuff surgery or some shit like that. But for the most part, I'm talking about like something that has to do with your legs and in, in, in a speed purposes. You're also going from a Pittsburgh Steelers team who had a hell of a lot more talent on offense. So you never faced eight man boxes. You also had a really good offensive line. Pittsburgh's had a, stable offensive line for the last you know five to ten years even going back to the last super bowl that they won way back in the day so completely different scenario for Le'Veon bell so i defend them from that perspective and also he's been banged up um gotta tip his cap because he absolutely fleeced the jets right he made 28 million (laughs) dollars off them and he was basically an rb3 for them the way he was produced
1: Mm mm-hmm yeah, um he'll he'll sign somewhere else, I would imagine, especially with all the the injuries. Um it's just like the it just fits with the story of the Jets. I to be honest, I feel like this whole Jets team with the the whole regime they have going there, it's it makes perfect sense. Like it, there's no surprise to me when I open my phone and I see ex Jets player has been released, traded,
2: staff fired, anything like that. What team would you say he's best suited to go to? I have one in mind. Hmm. Well, before I answer that, how good do you think Le'Veon Bell is at
1: this point in his career?
2: Wow. Wow. What a question. (laughs) Hell of a question, sir. You're becoming good at this. Um, (laughs) So it's weird, right? It's one of those situations where is he shot or is it the team that he's on? You know, he's only 27, right? I think Le'Veon Bell is 27, so it's not like he's Adrian Peterson. Right. Um, let me just confirm that as we go. He's 28. Sorry, he's 20. He'll be 29 in February. So, probably has one to two more years of being, I guess, at the like his peak, what he can be. All right, and yep. then there's the drop off, like after twenty nine it's like guys take a big drop off. with that said, I don't know, man, I don't know because he has been hurt too, so mm-hmm. do you do you credit this lack of production to the injuries, the system, the coaching staff, or which I don't know where you're at with this, is he shot? I don't think he's
1: shot. I think it's a mixture of – he's really had – now, he's been very good, and I might get some heat for this, but he's had, like, one amazing season, that, like, 2015 season in Pittsburgh, and I feel like that that has backpacked him a lot afterward. I have his PFF grades pulled up, actually. 2016, 78.2. 2017, 72.2. 2019, 73.8. And then this year, between two games, 73.7. So, like, the last four or five years, he's been really consistently just kind of average. And he kind of just – above average, I guess. That's not really fair to say average. And before 2015, it was similar. You know, high 70s, maybe there's one year in the low 80s. But it's really just going to depend on the offensive line he's behind, which it does for most running backs, admittedly. But, I don't know, there are some teams that I I guess could – like find some use for him, maybe a Patriots, maybe, uh, hmm. a... I mean, I know they already got like some, but I'm just trying to think, you know, cause they got Rex Burkhead getting a lot of work, you know, uh, maybe the Niners with all their injuries, but like they already have so many on the roster and just so much tied up. I'm not sure. It, it's, that's one of the hardest positions where it's like for me, where does he fit to like make the team better? And it's a good situation for him because when it's running backs, if it's not like one of the top two or there's not a very obvious, like someone lost their running back for the year and they have a great offensive line, it's kind of like, eh, I don't really know. It's, it's not going to make much of a difference anywhere, to be honest. You know,
2: 2014, his second year in the league, has 1,300 rushing yards, gets... 854 receiving yards, caught 83 passes, scored 11 total touchdowns, had 2,200 scrimmage yards. Mm-hmm. 2015 misses the majority of the year due to injury. Yep. Uh, 2016 misses four games, has 1,800 scrimmage yards. 2017, 1,946 scrimmage yards. Those three seasons that he had monster years, he surpassed the 325 touch total. Also, he is a part of a Pittsburgh Steeler team, which from an NFL standpoint is a part of the biggest what if in the NFL's history. I mean, for the longest time, dude. I remember just breaking down the Steeler team and just being like, yo, Triple B's never played a playoff game together. It was either like Le'Veon Bell was hurt, Antonio Brown gets concussed, both are hurt. And it's like, yo, at one point, man, from about 2014 to 2017, when those two guys were on the field, Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, you're talking about you had the best running back, arguably, and the best wide receiver in the game. And you had Ben still playing at a high level. I mean, he's still playing at a high level. And then you look now, dude, just like two years removed. These guys are not on any team at the moment that we're recording. It's like Antonio Brown, more than Le'Veon Bell, right now should be on an NFL team, and he should be a top three wide receiver in the league. Like, there's no reason why he shouldn't. This brings up a different talking point now. Mm -hmm. Is the grass always greener on the other side? Because going back to – the idea of sometimes your success man is where you land what franchise you land like if you get drafted now you're a kid in the nba you go to golden state you're gonna flourish you get drafted to the knicks bro (laughs) some big mountain you gotta climb dog so you go to pittsburgh you gotta you got a guy in ben who Look, Ben isn't exactly innocent in this whole situation, too. Like, he was a dick sometimes, and there's reports, and he even admits it, too. But, like, man, you're talking about a head coach in Tomlin who knew how to control their personalities, stable organization, right? No, like, dude, since 1970, they've had three coaches. Do you know how crazy that is? Yeah, that's three allowed. coaches, bro. The Giants have had three coaches in four years. Like,. <laughs> It's unbelievable. So my question to you is, Mm -hmm. how much blame do you put on Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown on where they're at in their career right now on them?
1: Antonio Brown, I put like 98% of the blame for where he's at on him because he would at least be in the league if he was such a bonehead. Yeah. Um, Like that one's easy for me. It's just, it got too wild, too quick and continues to be wild. Every time he's in the headlines, it's almost nothing good. Um, Le'Veon Bell is a, it's a little bit less his fault, but realistically he could have just stayed with Pittsburgh, um, you know, and not hold out and, and, and all that. And who knows what would happen? Like there's reasons that these players do these things, but yeah, it obviously would have been a better situation than he's in now, just whether that be the Jets or unemployed. Uh, look at what Pittsburgh's backs have been doing, you know, since he's been gone, whether it's James Conner or Benny Snell, even if James Conner goes down. Clearly, you know, I, I can't imagine that he wouldn't rather be running for that team.
2: Yeah, I I mean, I can't disagree on the, the Antonio Brown, that being him. Do you, are you in the, there's a football conspiracy on him having CTE. Do you buy into that? Because there was a montage that I saw, and, and my buddy Danny, you know Danny, uh, Emma Holtz, I do some DFS stuff with him, and he'll be on the streams every now and then. Um, he's a big Steeler fan, and he was like, yo, bro, when he got hit by Fontes Berfic, like that's really when the fuckery started happening with him so like and that was a brutal hit dude you know and remember a couple of years later juju stood over him when he like hit him like that famous yeah. i'm trying to get that painted and and hang it in, the, in the studio uh the studio i'm getting a bunch of canvas stuff for like backdrops throughout it's gonna look sick but it's all like related to like something i'm into mm-hmm. but anyway I always just love that because that told me for as crazy as Antonio Brown's run ended with Pittsburgh, it showed you that like his teammates still really banged with him and they still knew that we're better when he's on the field as opposed to him not being on the field. So yeah. do do you think that could be something with Antonio Brown where he might, he might have some serious, you know, uh, brain damage, dude, or, or like his antics, they just align. Like the, the the parallels between when that hit happened and when his antics really started, it's, it's really fucking weird.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's weird is certainly one way to put it. It's, you can't say no, like the evidence is, is there that it's certainly a possibility. And if you've looked into CT at all um, over the years, like what it's done to different people and how it comes on and, it can be sudden, it can be slow. It it would make sense. So I don't think you can discount it. But it's just one of those things, you know, that's real dicey. You, like once you all of a sudden start throwing out, oh, he's got brain damage. Or, and I know that's not what you're saying conclusively. But uh, it, it's just tough, you know, especially we're not doctors, we don't know what we're talking about.
2: But Oh, thank you for specifying that we're not doctors. By the way, <laughs> uh, that's always you, one of my you know. favorite. We're like, well, you know, I'm not a lawyer. It's like, yeah, no shit, <laughs> fucking Bob. Hey, Get you it. never know. We sound pretty smart. People might think we're
1: doctors out here. That's true. Very point. Um, <laughs> but but I don't think even not being a doctor, you can discount the possibility. Just even in general, it's just the nature of the game. Without the blatant obvious, like Devante's perfect hit and and stuff like that. So. All
2: right. Cool. Let's do a. Uh... Let's do an ad read right now, and actually, fire up. Give me one team you think he goes to, Le'Veon Bell, before we finish Mm -hmm. this talking point. I would say
1: Patriots or Rams.
2: Rams, Mm -hmm. bro, you dead ass pick two teams that already have three running backs.
1: I know, I know, but uh,
2: no, but (laughs) I, I
1: think they're idiots. Is the difference.
2: Uh, I'll give you. I'll give you a little bit of a wild card. Okay. Kansas City.
1: You also chose a team with three running backs. No.
2: I mean, it's really C E H and a first round pick running back. Who's right. Idiot? <laughs> yeah. Don't come at
1: me. <laughs> This is okay, but this is what I meant by it's tough with the running back position, especially, yeah, 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 you know yeah, yeah. But, someone yo, like that. Like
2: like CEH, man. I feel like all oh, I heard all everyone had a boner for CEH coming into the year. It's like, yo, look, he's a five-eight rookie running back. And I get that he's with Mahomes. Yeah. But everything goes through Mahomes, first and foremost. And it's like this guy has nine carries inside the five. He has no touchdowns inside the five. It's because he's Darren Sproles. Like Darren Sproles didn't get goal line work. <laughs> Yeah. You know, like 20 to 20, I want CEH, but like inside the 20, he can't get it done. So like maybe Le'Veon Bell and shit, Le'Veon Bell is still versatile, you know? So I would, I would think Kansas city is kind of a little bit of a, a, a dark horse to say the least.
1: I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. They drafted a running back in the first round. They clearly value the position for some reason. Um, but also it feels a little bit like one of those situations where he goes to a team that nobody's expecting. You know, how a lot of time when like someone's going to get traded, there's where someone's about to be traded or just got released. It's like, everyone's got these same anywhere from three to five teams, but then sometimes it's just like out of nowhere team comes up and signs or trades for X player. I feel like it's going to be one of those. Hmm.
2: Apparently, the Jets wanted a sixth or seventh round pick for him, and every team was like, Yeah, you know what, man? You're gonna pass, chief. I ain't doing that. Yeah, <laughs> that's a doozy. All right, cool. Let's get a read in from one of our sponsors, Indeed.com. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever before indeed is here to help indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because indeed gets you the best people fast unlike other sites indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring plus indeed provides a powerful tool to make your search that much easier like sponsored jobs which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire with 73 percent of online job seekers Visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire that you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses right now. Indeed is offering our listeners $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. All right. This one is gonna be fun because I always like I I think it's the gambler in me and the futures market where I can I'm more of a futures guy, Taryn. I like Mm -hmm. betting on the idea of a guy winning an award or a team winning a division as opposed to like week to week betting. So this kind of fits that mold right now. We're doing a snake draft and at our disposal is all 32 teams. We're going to pick two teams each, like a traditional snake draft. Taryn as our guest, Taryn as an employee of the show who doesn't get paid, but still helps. <laughs> 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 I'm going to give you the luxury of going first. Wow, a team I right now, heading that. into week six, that's going to win the Super Bowl. And tell me why. The first pick is yours. Obviously, Unless you live under a rock, the team Taryn picks, I can't pick. The team I pick, Taryn can't pick. So lead us away. What's the team you're picking right now through five weeks? Pretty much everyone has played four games with the exception of, I think, New England. Mm -hmm. Uh, Take it away, man. Tell us what you think. All right. I mean, my first overall selection,
1: incoming Homer. But I got to take the Green Bay Packers. It's,
2: Can I cut you off
1: quick? Yeah, quick?
2: go for it. I, As I was looking, I, I think that's the answer, man. I think right now we might get lost in the Russ mania and Russ magic. Mm-hmm. But from quarterback to kicker and everything in between, I think that's the right selection. So I don't think you're a homer on this one.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I never like being that guy, being the fan. I'm usually the opposite. If we're, truth be told, I'm more of a pessimist, so I'm not let down. But just what I'm seeing from that offense is it's undeniable, you know, plus 51 point differential. They've scored the fifth most points in the league, and they just had a bye week. Like
2: Yeah, numbers like that always make me laugh, dude. They like, always make me laugh. They
1: are just cooking. Aaron Rodgers is looking like MVP form. Um, highest graded PFF quarterback right now. And, if, like, for me, I, I don't want to, like, get too off track or, like, get into a team you might pick. But it was between, like, them and Seattle for me. But there are certain things where just Aaron Rodgers' level of play – and a much better defense that I feel like this team can make the run.
2: Well, I'm glad you brought up the defense because we, we know about the offense and, and some of the pieces that they have there. They should be getting Lazard in a couple of weeks too, which I think is going to be uh, another dynamic that you could count on, right? Like Rogers was going to him and showing you that he could be trusted. With that being said, you mentioned the defense, and I think a guy who should get some love – For defensive player of the year is jair alexander um people were killing calvin ridley for the goose egg on monday night football but it's like yo hold on man like there's a reason for that Mm -hmm. and he was on him for close to 70 percent of the routes calvin ridley ran and it's like that guy's been balling and now i think It all goes back to team success, right? Like, when your team is good and you're balling out, you're going to get spotlighted more. And now, I already see it, bro. I can see Chris Collinsworth being like, Al, this Jair Alexander, man, (laughs) we love him at PFF, and then they'll have his graphic underneath and shit. yeah. So, uh, and because they're going to be on primetime. I mean, this week, that game should have been the – I don't know what the Sunday Night Football game is this week, but – it could have been Packers, Bucks. Like that's the game of the. I know it's the oh, yeah. Fox game of the week, but yeah, man, I don't think it's a homer pick. I think, I think Devonte Adams was ready to play that Monday Night Football game, but they just said, "Yo, you know what? Take another week. We could beat Atlanta without you. Take the bye week too, and then let's go mm-hmm. guns blazing." Uh let me ask you this. Yep. When is their first loss? You take a look at the schedule. It's at Tampa Bay, at Houston, Minnesota at home, at San Francisco, which, you know, Kev, sorry, man, Kevin Jones, CEO of Blue Wire. I know you're a Niners fan, but <laughs> rough for you boys out in the Bay, man. <laughs> That's not as tough of a game. Then you got Jacksonville at home, at Indy, and then Chicago at home. Like, if they get past this week, I think there's a possibility that they could run the table till about, man, like the yeah. week thirteen, week fourteen, you know. But it's yep. The
1: the schedule, I believe, from this point forward, they're uh, it's either fourth or fifth easiest strength of schedule, um, and it was a thing where preseason it looked kind of daunting.
0: Packers
1: or Packers. Bucks, Saints, um, Falcons even, you know, depending on what you thought of them, like having to play that division, and then depending on what you thought of the Vikings, I thought the Lions were gonna be much better. But now it just looks like Man, fifteen and one is not, you know, out of the question. The the thing that worries me about this team is they play up and down to their competition sometimes. I've noticed that the last few years being a Packer fan, it's like this is a team we should spank, and and it'll be too close of a game. Luckily, this year that hasn't been the case. Really, they're kind of kicking the dog meat out of anyone that they played so far. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if we went like fourteen and two, and maybe drop to the Colts and Titans. Now that I'm looking at their schedule, those two games I could see possibly.
2: Well, yeah, Titans Week 16. That is a. Uh... Especially with how Tennessee looks. Yeah, you're right. But, dude, yeah, I think, I think I'd think i be shocked if they lose more than three games. And if you look at the landscape, um, especially if they could win this week. You know, th- this just seems like they would lose this week because we just spent oh, <laughs> five yeah. minutes on this. That's usually right. how it goes. But, you know, you have your win over New Orleans. You get your win over Tampa Bay. There's only one um, bye week this year. And I think Seattle definitely has a harder schedule than they do because still got to play the Rams twice. They got to play the Cardinals twice. Now I remembered it's Rams-Niners Sunday Night Football because I remember Collinsworth and Al Michaels saying how they have to wear a mask in the booth again like they did for that Niners and Eagles game because it's like a California mandate. But all right, cool. Listen, uh, you started this whole conversation off by saying it's a homer pick. I don't think so. I agree with you. I think it's Green Bay. Um I like that I have a double right now. You know, the double gets you really, really stimulated <laughs> when I have a double right here. Yeah. Um one is gonna be obvious, one is gonna surprise you. I like it. Which one do you want me to go with first? The obvious one because
1: I think I know the obvious one.
2: It's Kansas City. Yeah. Uh look, I'm not gonna trip over them losing to the Raiders. They had won what, fifteen straight games prior to that. Yep. It happens. Like you know, actually, shout out to the Raiders because that was a that was a bigger win for them than it was a loss for Kansas City. Um, I'm not going to lose my mind over one loss. Four and one, they're still top seed in that division. Um, their schedule isn't that daunting moving forward. They catch Buffalo in this weird situation now where they got to play on Sunday. That was supposed to be the Thursday night football game this week, but that got moved to Sunday because of the COVID issue and having Tennessee play the day before against Buffalo. Um look man, I I will say one thing about Kansas City and tell me if you feel this way. Dude, I watched them and I feel like they have entered that Golden State Warriors level. And I know I was early to making the comparison of Mahomes and Curry just from you know both of those guys, dude, it's you go early to the arena and the stadium to watch them warm up. They're mm-hmm. doing shit like Mahomes is throwing no-look passes and his arm is crazy. He's making all these wild throws and Curry's pulling up from Logos. So, like, the comparisons were were so, so similar to those two talents. Also, what I'm starting to notice is they. it seems like they could turn it on when they want to. And what I mean by that is that Baltimore win, dude. Monday Night Football. I took it as them being like, "All right, look. First of all, y'all all said that Mahomes is the fourth best player in the league in that NFL Top 100." I remember his <laughs> lady was tweeting like, "Yeah, how about that?" And he's doing the whole four thing. Yeah, doing four. He's going up against Lamar Jackson, back the uh, MVP winner. Right. Everyone's hearing about oh Lamar. And the Ravens, they're going to come for the throne. And then Kansas City, just like, yo, let's remind these people who we are. Mm -hmm. That's how I took that game. Then the Raider game, I took it as maybe they were looking ahead. Maybe they were looking past the Raiders. Dude, they had beaten the Raiders, I think, nine or ten straight times playing them. So it's easy when, like, yo, the Cowboys have beaten the Giants now seven straight times. It's easy for if you're a Cowboy player, you're a Chiefs player, you're going into those games against the Giants and the Raiders, and you're just like, ah, man, we can beat these boys anyway. Don't even, we don't even need to be. We can play our C-minus game and we'll win. And I kind of feel like that's what happened. They, they hadn't seen Ruggs. Like, Ruggs caught that, those two big bombs, and that's the kind of player Henry Ruggs is. Derek Carr finally airing it downfield. That might have surprised them. It's like, oh this, is, oh, this is what happens when you get your quarterback some weapons that could run routes down the field. So with Kansas City, uh, I'm not really worried about them, man. I, I still would, I, I'm still banking with KC. Yeah,
1: no, I'm not worried about them at all. They'll, they'll be just fine. Um, and everyone's gonna overreact to the Raider game, and I'm with you a hundred percent. You hit on both of the things I thought as well. I was like, they probably just, you know, maybe they take every game seriously, but it's like one of those trap game scenarios. And I think when you're preparing for a team in in the Vegas Raiders, they're a different team when Derek Carr is willing to uncork it. And Henry Ruggs has, you know, increased his propensity to do so. So you're preparing for a lot of, you know, maybe underneath they dunk Derek Carr, And when they come out slinging, it can catch you by surprise.
2: Speaking of surprise, I think this one's going to surprise you and everyone listening. Oh, boy. And I think you're going to stumble into a team that you probably didn't expect to be able to draft with your pick. Pittsburgh. Does that surprise you? It
1: actually doesn't surprise me as much. Maybe the position, like you taking them, th- what would be third overall is a little bit surprising over a few other teams. But I feel like... You've got something for Pittsburgh. Little, there's like a little boner for Pittsburgh over the last couple of years. I've noticed.
2: There is. There is.
1: And I will say they were on my list, so I don't disagree with you.
2: I love how Ben Roethlisberger looks and is playing. I love their defense. Um, they're lights out against the run, and I know Miles Sanders broke that big run against them. But look. Sometimes talent can beat a tough matchup and one or two missed tackles and that's what happens. TJ Watt has been the better Watt brother for three years now and I feel validated every time I watch him. Uh, Joe Hayden still balling, still balling, playing at a nice level. I I just like everything about Pittsburgh's defense. They're going to keep them in games. They're not going to get blown out and I like this offense. I want to spend some time on the guy – Chase Claypool. I was going to call him Chris. That's why I hesitated. But it's Chase Claypool. Okay. I early, early stages of doing a show, early, early stages of understanding football. Um, this, once again, continues to validate the strongest take, I think. One of the stronger takes I have in, in sports is no team in professional sports, Taryn. Professional sports develops one position better than the Pittsburgh Steelers do wide receiver. No one chase claypool is number one on everyone's waiver wire list this week. Chase claypool has already been dominating the air yards if you're into that stuff. And now, with Deontay Johnson getting a little hobbled, Deontay Johnson was the guy who people were high on this yeah. year. Juju, just listen to this Mike Wallace, Juju Smith Schuster, Deontay Johnson, Chase claypool, Emmanuel Sanders, Santonio Holmes. Antoine Randall L got paid because of them. Heinz Ward. Uh, uh Martavius Bryant, if he wasn't a dweeb and he had all that shit going <laughs> yeah. off the field. Like, that's a talented dude. When he was out there, you're like, yo, what the fuck? Three catches yes. for 140 and a touchdown. Uh Antonio Brown, fifth <laughs> round pick. Like these this team drafts that position, and I say it all the time, bro. Even James Washington, like, I I, I think James Washington is a guy who probably gets more love on different teams, but on Pittsburgh, he's like what the fifth option, sixth option. If you count running backs, dude, in all of professional sports, all professional team sports, they, when they draft a wide receiver at any point in the draft, you're like, yo, that guy's going to be on my fantasy team at some point. He'll be starting in my leagues. (laughs) He's going to be a beast. Like that's just what they do, bro. It doesn't make any sense. I don't understand it. Like, New England hasn't been able to draft a wide receiver ever. <laughs> That's good. You know, like Edelman is probably the best receiver that they've ever drafted. And they took him as a quarterback and converted him into a DB and a wide receiver. So Pittsburgh, I think Ben is playing at a high level. James Conner, I'm a James Conner guy. Um. Eric Ebron also, I think, is going to start getting acclimated to that system as well because Ben Roethlisberger loves the tight end position. But dude, I know it might seem like a hot take, but the reason why I didn't pick Seattle over them is because of their defense. And I know Russ is playing at a high level, but I think the defense could help balance that out.
1: Yeah, I I don't think it's crazy. It's a, it was like I said, it's a little bit surprising, but I if we were like had another pick each, probably I might've ended up taking them myself. So I, I don't hate it at all. I I like it actually. Um, and, and everything you said makes sense when the defense is that good. And if the offense, all these young guys, plus, you know, the new additions like Ebron can get acclimated, then they're going to be good to go.
2: Is it fair to say that you're picking Seattle here with your last pick?
1: I am picking Seattle here with my last pick. Yeah, okay. um, they're, to me, a very similar team to the Green Bay Packers, except I think overall they have a better offense. Aaron Rodgers is playing better than Russell Wilson right now, and I don't want to hear it. I don't care what any of you wow. say. Wow. MVP, whatever.
2: Okay, saying, hold on, hold on, hold on. We can't saying, just have you say that and then just sure. like, shy over it. Okay. Why, why do you Why do you say that? Um.
1: He is the only player so far this season, only quarterback, I should say, excuse me, without a turnover-worthy play, meaning like for people that don't know what that is, um, if a quarterback throws a ball right at a linebacker, but they don't get the interception, it doesn't go on as a pick on the stat sheet, but that's a turnover-worthy play. Like it probably should have been a turnover. He's the only quarterback without one, and the only quarterback with even less than two. So he has none. And um, look at the cast around him that he's throwing to to make this happen. He there's no way he couldn't be playing like the best quarterback in football and make it and make it happen with this with this group of wide receivers. Our number one receiver on the depth chart last week was Marquez Valdez Scanlon. Most people probably don't even know who that is and they should cause he's not good. But <laughs> that being said, you know, it's we're splitting hairs. Russ is playing amazing. Also another thing is that they've had a similar problem to their game for as great as they both are over the last couple of years is that they both invite too much pressure and take too many sacks. Aaron Rodgers is not taking sacks Russell Wilson is still inviting more pressure. He's inviting pressure at a higher rate, and he's taking more sacks. So, you know, even though it's very small margins, I think he's playing better than Russ, but Russ is right there. So, and I would say, I started this off saying Aaron's playing better, but my point was the Seahawks, I think, still have the best offense, at least in the NFC, maybe in football, just because that marginal difference in quarterback play doesn't make up for the weapons. And and everything they have going for them there, the only issue separating them is other than the quarterback, is the defense. The defense is a doozy. They remind me of the Chiefs, the 50 touchdown MVP Mahomes Chiefs here, where it was like every game is going to be a shootout, and you're going to win a lot of games because you will put up more points than the team you're playing. But that defense is going to cost them sometimes.
2: You know, the reason why I wanted you to explain yourself is because I do think consensus is snap answer. Like, uh, you know, when you play, you ever played like speed round? You ever played a game of like speed round where people just ask you questions and it's like rapid response. You can't think about it. You have like three seconds to answer, not even. Mm -hmm. Like everyone snaps speed speed round responses, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, yeah. So when you hear Aaron Rodgers, you're like, oh, you're not wrong. I kind of would agree with you. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing, right? Like the defenses are the, the biggest swing also, man, I hate to, I hate to do this. I hate oh to boy. do this, but how good is Seattle? Like, oh, I mean. how, how good are they? They beaten, they beaten five teams that have a combined five wins on the year. Yeah. So it's like you're doing your job. And also, bro, I think the most alarming thing, going back to what you mentioned, these are all one-score games, with the exception being Atlanta, which was one of my biggest reasons for being critical of Seattle coming in and why I said they were going to be a 9-win team was because these games don't go your way. Now, is Russ defining logistics and analytics? Yeah, he clearly is. But 35-30 to New England. 38-31 Thirty-eight, thirty-one to Dallas, thirty-one, twenty-three to Miami. But you know the Miami one, I'll, I'll throw it out because they were up two scores the whole game. Mm-hmm. And Miami kind of does a backdoor cover, depending on when you bet them. And then you know Minnesota and and Seattle on Sunday. So it's like Minnesota one win, Miami two wins, Dallas two wins, New England two wins. So they have they have six. Seven wins combined, the opponents that they're playing. So it's, and now, you know, they're going to play at Arizona. They're going to play San Francisco, at Buffalo, at Rams, Arizona, at Philly. So it's, you know, now is when I want to see them when they play uh, against some teams that have a, a pretty capable defense and can yeah. even put up points with them, too. So, yeah, I, I think. Maybe maybe Pittsburgh is a surprise, but I think three of the four teams that we mentioned are the right teams. In in what order? I do think Green Bay is is the team to beat right now. Yeah, there he goes. He's cheesing. Oh, yeah so it must be nice, man. It must be nice when so you it's can nice. play into October and you know you're not <laughs> you're not worried about landing the number one pick, which brings us into this conversation here. Let's play the same game. Now, this time I'm gonna have the luxury of picking first of who I think is going to get the number one pick. This is going to surprise you because I'm not picking the Giants. I want the Giants to have the number one pick. That doesn't mean that I think they're going to get it Mm -hmm. because I do think the Giants have more winnable games on their schedule than what the New York Jets have. And for me, that's the team that I'm picking the New York Jets. Look, it's clear that if Adam Gase survives the year, It's only because they want the tank to continue because they're not just losing, man. They're getting blown out. They've lost every single game by double digits. That's crazy. Like, you're not even competitive. And you play at Miami, you play Buffalo, at Kansas City, New England, and then a bye week. You might be 0-9 going into your bye week. Maybe then you fire him. But you're looking at the landscape of their schedule Honestly, bro, like maybe Miami at home is the only win I see. Because then after their bye week, they have at Chargers, Miami at home, Raiders at home, at Seattle, at Rams, Cleveland at home, at New England. One win is the realistically my expectation for them. So that's why I'm saying they're going to have the number one pick.
1: Yeah, I, this is not a surprise to me at all. I think they're far and away the worst team in football. And I have trouble looking at their schedule and even predicting one win. Like, it's a little – it's not often, just as, you know, people – teams don't really go 16-0 and 0 often. Teams don't really go 0-16 very much either. You know, football is a crazy game. Usually at least one, if not two games can get squeaked out. But it's like – Man, if I look at the Jets schedule, I'm like, this is 0 and 16. If I had to predict it, like if you're forcing my hand, I don't pick them to beat any of these teams. They're just that bad.
2: It's it's hard to find the win on there, man. It's really hard. Like I I'm just giving them the benefit of the doubt with Miami, just because historically, like them, Miami and Buffalo, they always go like one and one against each other. Years where Buffalo should lose twice to the Jets, they split. Years that they should lose twice to Miami, they split. Like, it's just wacky. And then New England just beats the shit out of everyone in that division. That's what we, we've grown accustomed to. Okay, so Jets are off the board. Who do you have in your uh, draft? What are your, your first pick, second overall? It's,
1: I'm sorry to do it to you, but it's I'm taking the other team in New York, the New York football Giants. They... It's a really bad spot for them, man, because they're not good, but they are, in my opinion, head and shoulders above the Jets. Mm -hmm. So I don't actually really think there's a way they end up with the first overall pick, but they're still bad enough to maybe deserve it. There's just nothing working. Daniel Jones is actually not playing all that bad. Currently 70.2 grade on PFF.
2: Okay, okay, okay. This, this, is, this is where I, I like PFF. I use them as a reference a lot. I'm a big fan of their, their work. I'm not just saying it because you're on the show and you're affiliated with them. Know. You know this. People know this. I've referenced them in the past. Uh, this is where they lose me. This is where they lose me, man. In what direction? It, 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 I'm an eye test guy. Uh-huh. So I can't look at Daniel Jones' play. And then have you tell me, Yo, he hasn't been playing that bad. Well, and I don't know what the grade is. Like this is the same. This is the same website and analytics that told me James White the year Todd Gurley should have been MVP in the league if he didn't wrestle his last two weeks when he went to the when they went to the Super Bowl. They told me James White halfway through the season was the best running back in football. It's like, bro, like you lose me there, man. You lose me. So, and I get, I get it. it. I get it. There's. There's certain things that are weighed into it, like yeah. like you said, uh, inter- um, turnover, turnover, passes, they you yep. know, like the things like that. But bro, you lose me there, man. Like you think he should be worse? Yeah, yeah. There's okay. He's he's a bottom five quarterback in the league. The way he plays. Wow. He, he just is, man. He what happened is. to the DJ love from you? It was, so, it was all Danny Dye City. It was Danny Dye. I might have gotten a tattoo wow. and maybe name my kid Danny. But, <laughs> you know, it got to a point where, you know, you know what happened to the DJ love? Two turnovers a game. Yeah. Just Daniel Jones, you know what kind of quarterback he is, Taron? Every mm-hmm. week they'll be down like 24-10. Mm-hmm. Or like 24-3 and then before you know it it's like oh let's come back to the Giants game it's 24-21 Giants are driving inside the red zone interception Yep. Giants are driving inside the red zone 27-21 <laughs> Daniel Jones can he do it fumble yeah already <laughs> 27 Daniel Jones inside the five throws it over the into the third row that's that's Daniel Jones that's exactly he'll he'll be a tremendous backdoor cover Take him with double digit points from a betting perspective. But I'm sorry, man. Going back to what you said about Daniel Jones, that's why that's why I had to take over there. It's just fair. It's one of those things where it, it kind of just loses me a little bit. I get what you're saying. I also perhaps
1: was a little too gentle and was misconstruing a 70.2 PFF grade. Compare is that not to others. Com- com- it's not g- good.
2: G- give me who's in that ball range, that, that um, ball mark, I should say.
1: Like, the top end, I mean, it's like, a, look at it, It's you can kind of look at it like school. That's like a C-minus, D-plus.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, well, it's what, in, it's do, in do you range, happen to know, you know, do you have that in front of you of any quarterback? I've set? got
1: some other guys, like um, Matt Ryan this season. <laughs> <laughs> Man, why is that so funny?
2: Because... You know, we had a segment planned for this episode that we're going to move to next week because it's a little bit evergreenish. And Matt Ryan was going to be a talking point for (laughs) is he shot or is he not? And, you know, without giving away too much, based on my reaction, you know, where I I side with that one. So, yeah, that's why it's funny. Because Matt Ryan, like...
1: I've got them all off. I mean, maybe you're going to be... This is – yeah, I guess. I get why people, you know, they get lost a little bit sometimes when you don't understand the context. But he's 14th in the league right now in PFF grade, in overall offensive grade. So his athleticism helps. It boosts that. It does boost it a lot. He is 76.2, which there's only, like, three or four guys ahead of him in the whole top half that have above a 70.
2: Does that also factor in his – situation with offensive line and weapons? Do you happen to know that? Because it, then then it would make more sense if you're factoring in offensive line exposes him. He hasn't had Shepard, which... I know he's becoming sort of a, a, a laughing point with the Giants mm-hmm. for what they paid him and him not being out there. But if you look at his numbers in the lineup, Sterling Shepard with Daniel Jones – sorry, Daniel Jones' numbers with Sterling Shepard, they're a lot better there, and everyone else seems to flourish too. There's a level of comfort that he has with Sterling Shepard that allows him to flourish. His biggest games last year – like, dude, from a fantasy perspective, only Lamar Jackson – had more 30-point DraftKings games than Daniel Jones last year. And Daniel Jones only played 12 games. But mm-hmm. so it's like he would have monster fucking games because his – you know, he's a white dude, right? So he's sneaky athletic, which is something that they always say. And he's always with his rushing upside. So that's why I was curious if that, if that's taken into the Yeah, I mean, to moment.
1: answer your question, like – Anything and everything you can think of, and I'm not just like because I work for this company. I'm trying to you know play defense here, but it's the grades by themselves. They require so much nuance and context to like fully grasp that when people just see the number, it's like okay, well this is obviously it's a shit show. But everything gets taken into account. If he throws to a wide receiver and it's dropped, that's positive for him. If he's under pressure and he makes a completion because he has bad offensive line. That's positive for him. All these things, big time throws are, if, you know, scrambling out to your right in, and throwing 30 yards down the field is worth more than throwing a six yard dump off. So there are things like that, which he'll do because of the team around him that will boost his grade. Rushing is a big one. Like I've already mentioned that there are a lot of guys that get inflated because they're rushing. Um, but even still, I mean his his passing grade is similar, it's a little bit less 70.7. But it's they factor in everything and he's just not playing that bad for he's playing better than what the team's giving him. You know, it's not like he's the one holding the team back. If anything, even if he's not amazing, the team is still holding him back. For that's that's kind of what you'll read into that. That's that's what that would say to me.
2: All right, that's fair. You you convince me a little bit, but I'm I'm still I might be stubborn and and relying it's on all reliable of the eye test. So what's the what's the other team you're looking at here on your second pick?
1: Um, after that, this one was really tough for me actually. Um, there's a few teams that I wasn't sure, but I I decided on the Broncos. Ooh. Yes. Okay. I think that offense is awful. Currently via PFF, the worst offensive football, which is an aggregate of all their offensive players' grades, as well as EPA per play, which is estimated point estimated points added. Anytime you get into nerd football Twitter, you'll start hearing that because that's like their favorite stat. The analytics is is EPA because it's supposed to be the most predictive.
2: Estimated play. Estimated
1: points added per play. So basically, every so is, that, play, is that the
2: new one? Because every year there's like a new stat that pops up. that. People, oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. And ever since I've started like getting into analytics and, you know, working for PFF for like two, three years, that's, that's a, a big one. And it does show like when your EPA is – when you have a high EPA, like it's very predictive. Um, and it's one of the reasons why they're so anti the running game or at least, you know, running backs because they don't provide much EPA generally. But anyway, we're getting really far into the weeds. Anyone that hasn't looked into EPA at all, it's a really fun stat. You should check it out. Um, But their offense is just bad all around, and even though the defense is playing really well, they're still negative point differential. And they're in a really tough division. I mean, the Mm -hmm. Chiefs are, you know, you don't have to say anything about the Chiefs, but now that Justin Herbert's in, the Chargers – They're looking like a really solid team. The Raiders, even though we just discussed how it was kind of a fluke, they still just beat the Chiefs. And they still put up 40. And they look like a little bit of a different offense, you know, if Derek Carr is going to be uncorking the ball deep. So I think already being bad and then not benefiting from a bad Chargers and a bad Raiders team, if those two teams look better and they really struggle even in division, I think it's going to be quiet for them. And that's why I would pick them next.
2: My only pushback on that would be they should have drew Locke the rest of the way. So maybe an upgrade at quarterback can help them. You know they he he got hurt early on, and we haven't really seen him. This was and and maybe I'm a little uh, um, maybe I'm hesitant to agree with you because this is all what I perceived Denver to be coming into the year where I thought that they mm-hmm. could be a contender for a wild card position. Yeah, And now with some of the injuries that they've suffered and, and Drew Locke not being there, uh, I, t- I, wouldn't, I wouldn't count out hope for them. This, they could still get to, like, five or six wins and then push you out of this. You know, we're not talking about a Super Bowl contender, but we're talking about a team that to compete for the number one pick. Um,
1: well, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. What did you think of Drew Locke, like, last year? And for the start of this year, I guess. Just what what do you – how do you view him, I suppose, is what I would ask.
2: So, Drew Locke was – actually, I have my notes from the preseason, my breakdown of them. You know, 4-1 and in his last five games. His worst game was against Kansas City, which if you remember that game, it was like a, a blizzard. Right? like It was like one of those wacky-ass, like just crazy games. Um, they did a lot to support him, right? They got Melvin Gordon. They drafted two wide receivers. I was optimistic for them in, in that sense. But what I felt about Drew Locke was I thought he handled himself well. I always think guys being thrown in when they're not expected – I'm always like a little hesitant to either crown them or to like slander them if it doesn't work out well, if that makes sense. So with Drew Locke, I liked it. I, I think he's a franchise caliber guy for Denver. Um, can he be Aaron Rodgers? No. But I think he could be like a Ryan Tannehill. And if you look at a guy like Ryan Tannehill, I'm just saying the value that he brings to an organization, like Tannehill now, even yo, even his time in Miami, I was always a Tannehill guy. Like Tannehill was a really good quarterback for what he had around him and just the issues that Miami had. So going back to your original question, I was I was a fan of Drew Locke. I thought he could be a and I still think he could be a franchise guy. He just got, he just got hurt. So you can't hold mm-hmm. too much against him. So to answer your question, yeah, I like Drew Locke coming coming into this year okay
1: yeah and that's probably also part of the reason why we don't see as much eye to eye and where like what i'm saying for them being my pick here i'm not a drew lock guy i like him i think he's fun he seems like a really cool guy the team seems like they like him but he is one of those guys similar to justin herbert i would have like coming out evaluated them kind of the same way they're a little bit raw uh traits guys big arm, 6'4", you know, that athletic. And I usually don't like that type of guy because I think they can go one of two ways. And it's usually the worst. Justin Herbert, I've been waving the white flag on already because I'm like, he looks great. Um, Drew Locke is more how I figured those two to go. I think it's just it's new and it's exciting and he's still a rookie and hasn't, or not a rookie, but you know what I mean? He hasn't played much football. There's not much sample size, but I don't even think him coming back for me makes them that much better just off of what I've seen. So that's, I think where we differ is probably just our opinion on Drew Locke. Cause I did factor that in.
2: That's fair. Yeah. Again, it all goes back to all these, all these, rankings and lists and predictions it all goes to how you perceive um certain teams Mm -hmm. and players uh all right well my last pick ready for this one this might i feel like this might surprise some people my contender to have the number one pick this year the atlanta falcons and I know the reason why I say it I surprise is because they have a, a above average quarterback and they have the weapons, right? Like there's a lot of guys who um, are starting on your fantasy teams and you're, you're a fan of watching. But if there's ever a time to do a completely new reboot, can you think of a better one for Atlanta? Like no GM, no head coach right now. And you have a quarterback who's on. You know to bring up the golf terms again last couple of holes <laughs> of his career. oh yeah, and if there was ever a time to be like, yo, completely revamp this whole whole fucking situation, even cut ties with Julio like and just go completely just nuclear, blow the whole shit up and just build with Calvin Ridley, build with some of the young guys that you have on your defense and just go from there completely new identity because like yo, if you're looking at the landscape of that division. I think the Saints are also in a weird spot where every time Drew Brees goes three and out, you you see the gifs and the memes of fucking Jameis Winston. (laughs) Tampa Bay, you got to assume they're looking for a quarterback. Mm -hmm. And then Carolina, I think, is probably the surprise team of the league. Carolina. Yo, Carolina is well coached. Matt Rule, coach of the year. It's him, it's Stefanski for me because the way I look at it is what were your expectations coming into this year and have you surpassed them? And I think both of them have a narrative that you could go with. We'll save that for a different conversation, but yeah, man, I think, I think Atlanta is my pick. You know, you take a look at the Falcons' schedule and it's not really that promising. It's a, it's a weird one. You know, they got, they got at Minnesota, they got Detroit, they got at Carolina. They played Denver, right? You might be saying like, oh, not a lot of world beaters, but Atlanta hasn't exactly done that great this year. So they're not yeah. exactly world beaters either. So I just think if you're Atlanta, and I'm curious to talk, I'm going to have Allen on in a couple of weeks. I'm curious to ask him if like this is a, a situation that you want to completely rebuild because it's it's there on the table now with no GM and no head coach and an aging quarterback.
1: Yeah. I mean, Matt Ryan and Julio are only getting older and clearly you're not contending this year. You're just, you're, you're already on five. I mean, mathematically, which they were on my list as well for this because they haven't won a game yet. So it's like, what are we, what are we really doing here? Like, what are we shooting for? Are you, do you want to be foreign 12 or like it's, And I saw – I don't know if you saw any of this. It was probably just, you know, NFL Twitter being NFL Twitter. But I saw some sort of rumblings that he was going to, like, be traded to the Niners or something. Did you see that? Or, like, Kyle Shanahan wanted him. I didn't believe any of it. But it was – seeing those things already got me thinking about what you're saying. Like, maybe they just blow the whole thing up. They could get some serious value back for Matt Ryan and Julio Jones.
2: Well – I think it would make sense if San Fran wasn't this banged up. Yeah. If San Fran was healthy and the only issue was quarterback,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I can see it. Yeah. I can see them being like, yo, listen, man, we, we're coming off a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl loss, Super Bowl we should have won. And then again you think of like how different the conversation would be about around Jimmy G and the Niners right now. Be like, mm-hmm. ah yeah, look, they won the Super Bowl, like, you know, shit happens. Same shit with Colin Kaepernick, right? Like, what happens if Cap wins a Super Bowl and then he's a Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP potentially? It's like, there's no way this guy isn't in the league. Yeah. So it's always interesting to see that dynamic of players or coaches or teams even just one, you know, one rough quarter can alter the entire perception of you. So with that being said, it, I hear what you're saying. Obviously, the ties with Shanahan, Matt Ryan's best year, came with that that was also four years ago i think we need to start yeah. bringing that up too like the That's conversation around andy dalton now stepping in for dak prescott is oh yo andy dalton 2015 is best here it's like yeah man that was five years ago yeah you know like five years ago i was 60 pounds heavier too like, <laughs> it shit changes. like for me it worked out better now we look like a stallion but anywho if if the niners were healthy like bosa was there thomas was there secondary was intact uh debo was fully healthy Running backs are healthy, offensive line is healthy. Everyone's locked and loaded, guns blazing, and the only, and they're losing games like, you know, 24 uh, 21 because Jimmy G has three turnovers, right? He's playing like Daniel Jones. Then you're saying to yourself, hey, let's make a move and bring him in here. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, even but- maybe if it's not them, do you agree? It's kind of like what you said. If maybe it's easier for us not being like, in the room or a falcon fan but the value they could get for just those two guys alone has got to be pretty high to, to to kick off a rebuild and why not if you're not you're not competing you know sometimes it's a hard pill to swallow but i think you teams would be better off if they would just swallow it
2: hey yo but yeah i hear you i hear you yeah man I uh I I agree with that I think I think one mistake that a lot of teams do and fan bases do is they hold on to guys that were good to them for too long Mm -hmm. you see it all the time man you know even Kobe rest in peace Kobe but last two years with the Lakers he's making 20 million dollars a year and he's sabotaging the whole cap situation Dirk Nowitzki also Mm -hmm. it's just at but it's hard Eli Manning Right? Like, yo, Eli Manning should have been – there should have been a, a, someone to pa- get the torch passed to him way before Daniel Jones. But, oh, he won two Super Bowls. Like, Joe Flacco was three years too late too. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he was the Super Bowl in 2012, 2015.
0: It's like, oh, man, how
2: much is he making? So, I just think we they always overstate like, it's better to leave – I'm a big... Everyone knows I love the UFC. George St-Pierre once said, he's my favorite fighter of all time. He said, it's better to leave under your power when you didn't have that extra fight, right? A lot of times fighters stay on too long. They take that extra fight and then it gets ugly. They take that extra fight and then they're like, damn, yo, was this guy as good as he once was? Like, dude, recently, Carlos Condon just fought and... The big amongst like MMA purists and MMA diehards are like, dude, there's a generation of, of, of fans of the UFC that don't know how good this guy was. Like, there's a guy who was a champion. There's a guy who dropped GSP. There's a guy who finished uh, Dan Hardy. Like, this is a guy. His natural born killer was his nickname. Like, mm-hmm. this. but you look at his box score. It's like, yo, this guy's lost six straight times. Like, this guy's a Jobert. Yep. But it's one of those things. It's like, when is, it, when is it too late? Right now, it's staying with the UFC like Cowboy Cerrone. Everyone loves Donald Cowboy Cerrone, but it's like, man, how much more do we want to see him just get put out there and fighting these young prospects that want his spot? And it gets a little wacky, man. So, but I agree with you, dude. If you could, then I would. Try to move Julio. Try to move Matt Ryan. Julio on Green Bay?
1: Oh, man. <laughs> I might have to take, like, a hiatus. I'd be,
2: <laughs> be cranking them out left oh, and right. <laughs> I'd sound like you probably all day long. Julio. Oh, man. Oh, man. Guys, yeah. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I really did. At the Lamb shows, where you can find me. At Veterans Minimum as you can find everything for this show. Taryn my guy where can they find you i am at taren caravella
1: t-a-r-e-n-c-a-r-a-v-e-l-l-a, T-A-R-E-N-C-A-R-A-V-E-L-L-A um, on twitter and then on instagram i'm at taren dot
2: guys if you want to join the patreon you can for as little as one dollar a month and then for five dollars a month you get some extra perks we're 18 and 7 on the year with our picks and i really enjoy that betting podcast that i do over there and then you get the dfs fridays as well and then moving forward starting november uh gonna be introducing a new weekly segment on there because i'm gonna have the new studio and there'll be more people coming in and it's gonna be worth it man it's gonna get turned up so i'm giving everyone a heads up that everyone that's in in this field with me you got another two weeks (laughs) because then it's creating our own luck becoming our own cosign is what i'm saying and uh for ten dollars for this month you could join the giveaway vm hat vm crew neck vm tank top and a congrats thank you all for listening catch you guys next week not to be
1: cocky but all of you watching while i'm in the cup paying property bills